What's up? What's up? What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings postcast, Locked On Minnesota Sports po- uh, postcast, recapping the 24 to 16 defeat the Vikings suffered in their second preseason game. They are now on an eight game preseason losing streak, uh, which is kind of funny. Far cry from the, the heyday of Mike Zimmer preseason win streaks but hey we don't really care about wins and losses in the preseason do we instead we care about who did well who did poorly what is the headline for you sam that there are not any convincing uh quote-unquote winners from this game for the Mm. vikings it was ugly um nick muse i guess you could give a hat i I would say muse um, who, again, and he's the fourth tight end. Um, so his spot right. is still very much on the bubble. Troy Die, I guess. Nice game. Uh reception. Game, yeah. But um Lewis Seen, I think you were hoping for a, a little bounce back. And other than one very notable whiff, I thought he tackled better in this game. We're looking for silver linings, I think, out of this one. The quarterback was again very underwhelming. Run game was worse. You didn't see much from the receivers that are going to be on this roster, the Powells and the Ragers. Uh, Mullins was, again, uneven early and then kind of settled in. But um, it, it wasn't a game that you walked away with a lot of – giving out a lot of gold stars. I think it was sloppy, 3 of 13 on third down, six penalties, poor protection, poor run blocking, particularly – a lot of that from the uh, you know backups, key backups on this team. Mm. So if, if you're looking to – for positives, I mean, I think on the whole, you actually don't really feel great about this game, and a couple individuals maybe stand out. But uh, I'd love to hear your take because I thought it was kind of a dud on on all all counts for the Vikes. <laughs> Certainly a, a sleepy affair. And hey, you know, preseason two game two, we get that. I mean, we're down to guys like Josh Oliver and Josh Metellus not not suiting up. You know, we're not even really getting most of the twos here. This was twos and threes were starting this game. So, you know, you're going to get a lot more of un- uneven performances. I-, I think like with Mullins, it wasn't like the timing wasn't too bad. There are a couple sprint outs I wish just kind of worked faster, just were a little bit tighter. But it was more a question of accuracy being about 90% of what it had to be and wide receivers not being able to make up that last 10%. You know, Tristan Jackson gets a ball behind him and he can't bring it in. And uh, Blake Prohl gets one from Jaron Hall that's over his head. Uh, and he's got to kind of go up and high point it and he can't quite bring it in. It's like, that could have been a little bit of a better pass could have been a little bit more of a, you know, a, a, an adjustment from the wide receiver. We didn't get either. So it's incomplete. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I kind of feel like the winners of the game, uh, here's a question. Did Nikhil Perry, did Nikhil Harry suit up? Cause he did not get any targets or anything, but I might've just not noticed him. So I, I had the exact same thought. I didn't notice him. Uh, Jaron Hall only had seven pass attempts in the mm-hmm. entire second half, which is Plenty really dropbacks. egregious. Yeah, he did run the ball, I think, seven times. But I didn't see Nikhil Harry at all. I thought that the, the two depth receivers that we've kind of been talking about, Thayer Thomas and Tristan Jackson, I thought had nice games. And Thayer Thomas continues to look really shifty to me. And the separation he gets is often good enough to like win the rep and quarterbacks just don't get him the ball on time or on target. I think there Thomas is having a great preseason and Tristan Jackson comes off injury and has a couple nice plays in the game. 
Not much more than that, though, from a receiving standpoint in this one. Right. And I, I think maybe one of the winners or what maybe one of the, the most not a winner, one of the most distinct performances to me comes from Oli Udo having a disaster class with Brutal. multiple holding penalties, uh, multiple sacks given consecutive sacks given up in consecutive, consecutive. penalties, both of them back to back. Uh, really, really rough outing. And I, I think a little bit rougher overall from the second team O-line versus what we saw in that uh, in that preseason game. I think the only one I, I will sort of uh, give give the give a pass to is Vidarian Lowe. I thought he had a, a fairly nice game. Um, but, you know, Blake Brandell was up and down. Austin Schlopman was up and down. Uh, Alana Lee didn't give us a lot. And he continued to play with the threes, which kind of tells you that. And um, I, I think like maybe some of the more interesting stuff just comes into like who comes in and who comes out when, you know, uh, for Andre example, Carter playing really late in the game, for instance, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, well, he was playing to the end last time, too. Uh, yeah. And he had I would not say that that great of a game. There are a lot of moments yeah. where he's kind of overcommitting to stuff and not able to use that athleticism he's supposed to have to sort of make up the difference. There was a, a Malik Willis scramble down at the end. That was a, 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 a real stinky rep that I didn't like. Um, I'll, I'll give one interesting winner. Uh, Paul Allen called it out on the broadcast. TJ Smith. TJ Smith had a couple of really great disruptions and um, blew one up mm-hmm. for, I think, a really nice TFL. And there were some really nice plays on the on the defensive line. And then with with Scene himself, I'm actually really happy with Scene's game. I know he went low. He got hurdled once. To me, that's more of a good running back play than a bad safety play. Um and he was going low all game. So you could tell he got coached like, hey, you tackled way too high all day last time. We're going to make it an emphasis to go for the for the ankles. And everybody was going for the ankles. I think Jay Ward almost got hurdled another time. Um, Andrew Booth missed one going through for the ankles. Everybody was going for the ankles. You could tell they talked about it in practice. So I'm not going to kill Lewis scene for doing what his coach told him. And the guy made an incredible play. And for the rest of it, there was an awesome sack on Malik Willis. Um, there was a fantastic stop in in the flat earlier in the game yeah i was really happy with with scenes day yeah open field stuff he was really night and day other than the one big whiff and that's the one that's going to get replayed the most and people are going to remember but he had six seven tackles in the game and luke i think he played the whole thing i think all he the safeties did yeah pretty much from only three safeties suited so yeah they all they all like any big nickel you saw theo jackson jay ward and um, blew a scene out there, and that was it. Yeah, and you know what's been notable to me the last, I don't know, four practices or so, is that they're actually working scene more in the box. I mean, he was mm-hmm. deep safety for OTAs, mini camp, started training camp. It seems like they're trying to to put him more in that box role that we've seen from Theo Jackson, Josh Metellus. Um, and I, I thought that physically speaking, he looked really good tonight. And honestly, he looked good against Seattle. He just didn't finish plays. So if yeah, he can, exactly. conti- if he can continue to put himself in those spots and, and, you know, get hat to ball in the open field as quickly as he does, I mean, there, there is a lot of raw talent that we're seeing unfold right now. He, they clearly want him to get the reps. How mm-hmm. crazy is it that Josh Metellus is a street clothes guy or a, you know, a no pads guy, on a preseason game and, and Lewis scene is the guy playing the whole time. Cause he just needs the reps. I, I think he's still your safety for, but, oh, for sure. but, and, but you definitely see, um, you know, what is likable about Lewis scene. 
like, I guess I'll put it this way. Look, I, I this is kind of what I've been saying since I saw all these guys at camp. There's four good ones. Someone's got to play the preseason game, right? Yeah. Um, and with Metellus, I think we sort of balk at it a lot because we, we got in our heads that there's this first round pick and this sixth round pick in camp competing for a job in the first round pick never, but I think it's time to shed that first, that sixth round pick, uh, pedigree from Josh Metellus. It's, it's time he's, uh, he's, he's proven that he is, you know, able to do more than that. he's just a, a, yeah. a quality rotational player. Uh, for the Vikings and and hopefully we can see scenes sort of eventually get get above that but hey it's it's a learning curve and he basically didn't get a rookie season so um, what I'm seeing right now from him I don't know it doesn't bug me too much Uh, I think there was elsewhere in the 2022 draft class there was also Andrew Booth who played most if not all of the game Uh, and I think he got taken out like the fourth quarter for like Kalen Barnes or whatever Um, or for Tay Gowan I think but he, I think he got targeted once. It was incomplete. He, there was definitely separation there. Uh, the, I think it was a tight end that dropped it basically, but Booth kind of came in and helped facilitate that in, in a, in a play, I guess you would call out of phase. I wouldn't call it a great rep, but that was kind of it. So he's, he's averaging one target a game. <laughs> Not he, a great sample just, size. He, he, yeah, uh, if you he just missed, ignore what those targets are, <laughs> missed a bad tackle in this one and he did the same thing he did in the Seattle game he hit a sliding quarterback like late enough where you might get a penalty that was savvy he got away with it and he played it like he kept his head up he kind of slid down as well and they collided on the ground you never get called for that yeah yeah he's he's towing the line did he's done it a couple weeks in a row now um so yeah again not not overwhelmed by booth and and certainly not his worst game ever he didn't do that much and again Malik Willis just wasn't wasn't a great quarterback tonight. Didn't put the ball in the air. Didn't challenge them a lot. Only threw it 17 times, completed 10. Um, yeah, I mean, this was this was a test against a good run game. And the Vikings failed miserably. 281 yards allowed on the ground. Not not as much testing for the cornerbacks and secondary. Woof. <laughs> that is boy, when you add all that up, it it sounds pretty rough. Um yeah. I want to keep going here. Uh, there is one player that we haven't talked about yet that I certainly want to shout out. Uh, I know who that's going to be. Uh huh. But before we do that, hey, it is best ball season. It's it's fantasy draft season. Um, and as a nice little warm up for maybe your office league or you know whatever your main fantasy league is, why don't you try a best ball with Underdog Fantasy? A best ball is a format that is essentially one live straight one live snake draft, and then. You just let it ride. No waivers, no trades. All your lineups are picked for you. um, And you just let that ride for the rest of the season and see how it goes. So it's not like joining another league and all the time commitment of that. But hey, you can still uh, get in on the underdogs best ball, uh, best ball mania tournament, which is the largest fantasy football contest of all time. And it's got a $15 million prize pool, including three mil for the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team all the way back in July. So get on it. Uh, but visit visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with promo code locked on. You can get your first deposit doubled up to 100 bucks. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. So, Sam, this is now the second preseason game, and it is the second time that there were two things I want to point out about Najee Thompson. One, everybody noticed fantastic play as a gunner. Uh, he gets singled up as a gunner, which other teams were were doubling him and he probably should double him. 
um, makes a fantastic play, breaks down, makes a great tackle, no return at all. Unbelievable play as a gunner. Second week in a row, we get one of these. Two, three special teams plays, plays and he was pulled. That is a first teamer, my friend. That is a man Ooh. making the roster. I'm gonna burst your bubble right now. You really don't. You really don't know. He got hurt. Oh, he got hurt. He got hurt. I didn't know. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh man, I feel like it. Wait. Just well, told how bad? Well, hold up. How bad? Got hit by a bus. Um. He got he got pulled the same way last week too, though. So probably he, similar. Yeah, they're gonna be overly cautious in the preseason, but he uh, went to the sideline. I think he had some tent time. And oh. uh, did not return to the game. Oh no! I'm sorry to tell you, man. I'm so well, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be careful. My with condolences. Your so, yeah, yeah, you gotta be cautious with your with, with your, your first ace. teamers, dude. He's Dan Chisena, but he can tackle exactly. Does, it's great. It's a kind of amazing. It's very impressive. And if he makes the team, it is the single greatest tout of a <laughs> bottom of the roster guy. Out of nowhere, making the team by you, which absolutely greatest call I'll ever have in June. It is the greatest (laughs) prognostication of your career, Luke Braun. And if he's hurt and can't make the team because he like goes on IR or whatever, I will count that. That I'm going to take a victory lap on. And maybe that's actually the best outcome for him. That it's not (laughs) not too bad of an injury, but it keeps him around. Exactly. We'll we'll see how severe that is. But I, I thought the special teams world was very interesting because then you saw Kalon Barnes fire out on a really good punt gun, but he missed the tackle. And you saw Tay, Tay Gowan um, kind of get down and be involved on a punt jamming situation as a blocker. And I believe he drew a penalty um, or it, maybe that was Jalen Williams. But th- that's sort of where, you know, the men get separated from the boys. How about Aaron Dykes as a kick returner looking yeah. shifty and looked good. And pretty fast slasher. Um. Dwayne McBride, we should probably talk about. Had a better game. He caught a pass. He's not supposed to be able to do that. Scored a touchdown. Yep. We have that too. Um, I thought McBride had a pretty good game, and I still think Abram Smith is misreading plays. Um, yeah, I'm not concerned about Abram Smith. Let's talk about McBride versus Chandler. I think we were crowning Chandler. I I don't think McBride did enough to change that, but Chandler had nowhere to go tonight. And I, I'm excited to watch it back from behind the play because it didn't seem like he had a chance. Kind of looked like last year a lot, where Dalvin Cook was getting swallowed up all the time. Um, yeah, I I don't think I saw any any plays from Chandler that um, mm-hmm. bugged me from like a running back perspective. Um, yeah, I think mm-hmm. there was a lot of rough plays from like Ole Udo or, or Schlotman up there, or Ali up there, that kind of right side. Um, I think Lowe and Brandell did a little better, but that that line he was going behind i think struggled a little bit fair to say luke that you mentioned low and and the offensive line fair to say that right now it's kind of a battle between udo and low to be the swing tackle like i think we've assumed that's udo because udo was the guy to fill in for uh brian o'neill right and then it's it's a it's a battle for that, that call it OT4 position or OT3 or whatever, that OT3 mm-hmm. position. And then will you keep the other guy? Because Brandell yeah. now is the swing tackle guard. That kind of used to be how we envisioned Udo as well. He's a tackle, but he can play guard in a pinch. And I think with Brandell, it's now, well, we've moved Brandell to guard, but he can go back to tackle if we need him. Um, and so I think that puts him on the roster. And I think he's just playing well enough to make it anyways. And then, yeah, I, I think it's, I don't know if we keep all three of those guys again, which is what we did last year. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And if I were to make a call right now, I would say that Lowe is blowing Udo out in that battle. I would agree. And he's got two additional years on his contract beyond this year. And Um, Udo doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, The thing about Udo is he comes, I think, I, I don't think he saves you any cap if you cut him, but I think that's a minor consideration because right now we're trying to build the best 53, not the, the most cap efficient 53, right? Um, but I would also shout out, there's one other guy I want to shout out here, uh, which is Benton Whitley. Sort of an unheralded guy, starting deep on the threes, maybe the fours or whatever, but he played a lot in this game, and I thought he looked very sound, very assignment sound in a way that you can't always say that about guys that deep in the preseason undrafted guy looking for a practice squad slot if anything uh but hey we we i want to finish your sacks though bentley benton yeah finish your sack he had he had one amazing rush (laughs) unbelievable rush and then couldn't finish the deal and then had another one fall in his lap and Mm -hmm. and couldn't finish the deal if he makes those plays then we're talking about uh ty mcgill territory oh and uh troy die of course um Great game for him. Good. Got the uh, uh, an interception. I thought was a really good play. As much a gift from Malik Willis as it was a good play by Die, but like, I mean, we take those, right? Um, and some some good run fits as well. Knifed in for one. He and Ivan Pace looked like not third team preseason linebackers, you know. And those are, I mean, if those are the two linebackers, we've probably experienced some injuries, and it makes me feel not as scared of that situation as I was before. Yeah, Troy Reader playing late in the game. I, I don't think he's that game for Reader. Yeah, I don't um, feel great about that. Ivan, him. Ivan Pace was quiet, but again, I mean, KOC said it this week. He's like competing to borderline start. So I don't know if they need to see him for like all of preseason game number three. At this yeah, rate. I I think he's proven what he needs to prove it. Uh, uh, and the way that they have played him in camp situations, I think shows that how he's the guy taking first team reps with Asamoah out and um, the way that he's rotated in when all the linebackers are healthy as well. And I think that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a rotational role. He'll be the, the Josh Metellus of the linebackers this year's this year, if you will. Um, and I, I don't think anybody's taken that from him. Um, hey, so Sam and I do the Minnesota football party every Monday and Thursday. Uh, so you can catch us, on that at Locked On Minnesota Sports. If you're listening to this, that means you're on the Locked On Vikings feed. I'll be at, back for Locked On Vikings Monday morning, of course, as usual, recapping things, probably talking a little bit about what I saw on tape, if I can get it before then. Um, for Sam, uh, well, what else do you got on the Minnesota Locked On Minnesota Sports? Yeah, we'll have Ron Johnson reacting to the game Monday. Of course, the Minnesota football party as well. Full coverage of that. And then uh, right into joint practices with Arizona, I'll be out there watching practice and I'll have uh, press conferences uh, that I'll be posting up there and tweeting, of course, at Sam Ekstrom. So plenty to come next week. Another big week. Sounds good. Thank you all for uh, tuning in. We'll do these postcasts after every game, of course. So we'll see you uh, next Saturday afternoon. Talk about what happened against the Cardinals. See you all next time.